Friends, our second lesson is from the second chapter of John's Gospel, verses 1 through 11. It's the familiar story of the wedding at Cana. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. But his mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. And so they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first and the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, there is no such thing as preaching unless every word that is spoken is of you. And so we pray that your spirit would come and take the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and minds and make them acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When my oldest daughter was four, she was invited to a birthday party for a classmate. And it was a beautiful summer day, and so we're all sitting outside. Kids are running around like crazy playing, and I'm talking with the other moms. And the host of the party, Connie, says, I'm going to run inside real quick and grab a tray of fruit and the pigs in the blanket. And so she goes inside, and I continue gabbing. I'm sure you're shocked to hear that. And a few minutes later, I realize that I don't see Hannah anywhere. Like she's not in the yard. And I get up and I look around, she's not there. So I go in the house and Connie is in the kitchen. And Hannah is standing right beside her. And if Connie moves over three steps, Hannah moves over three steps. If Connie takes another steps over, Hannah took those steps over. And Connie looks at Hannah and says, Honey, did you need something to drink? And Hannon goes, oh, Miss Connie, I just can't wait to see those pigs in the blanket. (laughs) That story is adorable, but I really love telling that story because you get an idea of how literal children are and how for probably those five minutes, Hannon thought this was about to become the best party she'd ever been to, right? It's a 
great story about how kids hear what they want to hear in their excitement at life. So I can tell the story about the party, and that's certainly what happened, but I love to tell the story because it shows the innocence of a child and their hope. You can tell the story and at the same time tell another story too, yes? And John, the author of this gospel, loves to tell a story within a story. And so the first story that he is telling is about the wedding in Cana. Very straightforward. We read this story and we learn some things about Jesus. The first thing we learn, the presenting problem, is that they're running out of wine. And that may sound like a trivial problem, but the bigger issue here is that this was a culture that operated on shame and honor. And so if this young couple runs out of wine, they will be shamed in front of their whole community. And so Jesus' mother brings him, we have this problem. She's worried for these, this young couple who's getting married in their family. They don't want to be shamed in front of the whole town. And the first thing we learn is when Jesus says, my hour has not yet come, it's the first inkling we get that even above his relationship with his mother, Jesus only acts when it is directed by the Father. That's who Jesus answers to. Jesus doesn't answer to his mother necessarily, but he waits for the movement of the Spirit that will tell him what to do, and it happens. And so we learn that Jesus cares very much about his community. He cares if people are going to be outcast in the community. He cares about this couple and all the people there at the party. And so there are these huge pillars, these stone cisterns, right? With all of this water in it. And the second thing we learn is that there may be scarcity. They run out of something, but because of Jesus Christ, there's going to be an abundance. No one needed six stone jars of 30 gallons of wine, but that's what our Lord and Savior does, right? takes this need and this model of scarcity and into that he gives and gives and gives and the party is saved. And the disciples believe because of what they're seeing. That's the story of the wedding at Cana. But for those listeners in the first century who are hearing this as an oral tradition, there are certain things that are going to stick out to them that make them listen to this story in a deeper way. The first thing is the story begins on the third day. Now, if you go back and read from the beginning of John, this is at best the fourth day, maybe the fifth. But that phrase, on the third day, to that first century group says, oh, this is about more than just the wedding at Cana. This this is a story about Jesus' whole salvific journey. And so they pay close attention. And that phrase, my hour has not yet come, they know that Jesus' hour does come and that it's on the cross. And so they know immediately that John may be telling them about the wedding at Cana, but what John is really doing is showing them what Jesus is going to do in the world. It's that old thing about writing, show, don't tell, right? 
So instead of saying to them, let me tell you what Jesus is going to do, he shows it in the story of the wedding at Cana. And so when we hear about these huge water jars that were used for purification, it was the idea in the Jewish tradition that you had to purify yourself in order to stand before God. Well, guess what? When Christ came into the world, no longer do you need to purify yourself in that way. In fact, our Lord and Savior is going to change that to wine so that the party can continue. And then when we continue on, we realize that the only people who know what is happening are who? The servants. And how many times in the Gospels do the people who are on the bottom get the story before anyone else? The wine steward has no idea what's happening. The bride and groom certainly don't. But the people who are working behind the scenes who are often left out, they get to know what is happening. And what is happening is that they are being offered grace. This is a story of the wedding at Cana, but it's also the story of grace. And John wants everyone to know that when Jesus Christ came into the world, nothing changed and everything changed. When Jesus came into the world, the water became wine. The Word of God became flesh. And we were offered, instead of judgment and condemnation, we were offered grace upon grace, more than we could imagine, six stone jars full. You and I are living a story within a story too. You and I live the story of our lives, our getting up and going to bed, our going to work, our going to school, all the things that we do in a day and in our life, our friendships, our marriages. But Jesus Christ is in the world and Jesus Christ is in you and me and that means we have another life to live. And that means in our day-to-day life, we should also live grace and love and goodness, a concern for the community and a concern for the lost. John wants us to remember that there is a wedding, but the wedding is just a glimpse of the love feast of Jesus Christ for all the world. And so you and I will leave this place to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ on a dreary Sunday. And the author of John's gospel says, don't forget, take the story of Christ with you. Take the love you've been given, the grace you've been offered, and the care for others everywhere you go until he comes again. Amen.